Hello and welcome to Be the Serpent, a podcast of extremely deep literary merit, with your classy and sophisticated hosts, Alexandra Rowland, Freya Mask and Jennifer Mace. On today's episode, we're discussing all sorts of things, because it's our 50th episode extravaganza, so we're playing Agony Aunts for fictional characters. Hello, and welcome to the episode 50 extravaganza of My Serpent, My Serpent and Me, an advice show for the fantasy era. (laughs) I'm your oldest serpent, Freya. I'm your middlest serpent, Macy. And I'm your sweet baby serpent, Alex. And I super hope the McElroy (laughs) brothers don't send their lawyers after us. (laughs) (sighs) So we are. I have to do three redheaded fantasy. Okay. We are. Or not. Do we? I don't know. Yes, yes. We didn't really rehearse this, dear listeners, and all of this is staying in the episode. I'm not editing this out. Uh, it's fine. Well, sure. I mean, this is what happens when we begin to fly without scripts, which is what we have been doing for the past few episodes, because sure. now we hypothetically know what we're doing. Yeah. Darling <laughs> listeners, we are three red-headed fantasy authors. Oh my god, someone else said it. What did it feel like? What did those words taste like in your mouth, Macy? I've never said them before. You've never said them before. I, sanity? Sanity. Dignity, yes. Dignity, poise. I felt all of a sudden very collected and calm. Uh, It is the episode 50 extravaganza, dear listeners. Holy shit. We've done 50 episodes, or we are about to have done 50 episodes. This is still That's in progress. more than two days of podcast time. It could still go wrong in the middle of this episode. Oh <laughs> um, we're doing something a little bit different this time, dear listeners. We asked you this time, the questions that we asked you to send in are agony aunt questions, and we got some really, really fun and cool ones. We did. Uh, we filtered them out through uh, a battle royale. Uh, only the strongest questions survived. The others tragically perished in the Hunger Games. Um, we went with the ones with the most dick jokes. We yeah. did pick the ones with the most dick jokes. That's true. Some of y'all... <laughs> it's a very scientific process. Some of y'all really know the way to our hearts. I'm just going to say... I could. It's just a could, helpful hint for next time. Yeah, I read some of these yeah. and I'm like, oh, someone's playing to the audience. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, before we get into all this silliness, what are we reading, fellow serpents? Given that it is still NaNoWriMo, mm. I yep. have again not read a lot. She says and then make- tells us about all the things she's read. <laughs> uh, at this point, one must accept and adore Freya for who she is. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I feel loved. Now, (laughs) I had been making my way slowly through Chilling Effect by Valerie Valdez, which I've now finished. This, I think, would have worked better for me if I knew anything about the game Mass Effect, which I do not. (laughs) But I described it in my Goodreads review as equal parts Farscape, Firefly, and The Fifth Element. Mm. So it's a lighthearted space opera about a gang of smugglers and a main character called Captain Eva Innocente, who goes around insulting people and opening her mouth when she shouldn't and trying to kick her way out of situations and falling in love with her engineer. And it's, it's a good fun. It's a good fun book. And I also read the third Tensorate novella by J.Y. Yang, The Descent of Monsters, mm. which had been sitting in my pile for a long time. I loved it. It's got a really different format to the first two. Mm-hmm. It's a compilation of uh, reports and diary entries and letters, and I really do love a good found footage format. <laughs> So that was really good. 
But, but most importantly, <laughs> most importantly, I have, at the urging of many, many people on Twitter who know me very well, begun watching the sea drama The Untamed on Netflix. Yes. So this is a historical fantasy series based first on a web novel, and then they did a animated series of it as well. So this is the the second visual adaptation of this oh, particular gosh. story. It is an incredibly gay story about gay. essentially the origin story of a dark lord <laughs> except most of the show is a flashback to how he became a dark lord and along the way fell in love with a poker-faced monk-like boyfriend mm. yep yep there's a lot more going on than that but essentially the important parts are it's like kirk's bock but in fantasy china cool yep would yep. you agree with um, that macy <laughs> I don't know that that's where I would go first of all, but yeah, I could see it. Uh, I think that was the dynamic that just most maps onto in my head. Yeah, yeah. It's like a chaos, um, light-hearted troll who is actually very, very smart and his continued attempts to make um, Kohai notice him. Um, (laughs) But as you might have guessed, darling listeners, Freya has dragged me into sea drama hell as well. since last week, we are now 17 episodes deep. Into a 50-episode series. Oh, Pray gosh. for us, listeners. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Also, I made the cardinal mistake in the one week since our last episode of going to the AO3 time travel fix-it tag and sorting by kudos mm-hmm. and oh, completeness. Mm. That's Macy, a Macy. classic error. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in the past week, I have read I Blinked and There You Were by Della19, Waves by Incomplete Sentence <laughs> was that your attempt to put a glottal stop at the end of it? <laughs> Listen, it was there. Incomplete the sentence. The Traveler Standing Strong by Bubble Wrap Stargirl and Halfway Through Before You by the former one, which is a total of 240,000 words. Jesus. Macy. Two of them are Naruto, one is Kingsman, one is Game of Thrones. I'm fine. Why are you asking? Great. <laughs> Wonderful. So the, the, the lesson that we take here, darling listeners, is that I read just as much as Freya does. It's just normally I don't admit what it is I've been reading. Mm, yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. That's like two novels yeah. in a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, whereas I read a novella and about half of a novel that I had started earlier. So I got nothing. I'm not reading uh, nearly as much. Uh, I am still making my way slowly through an advanced copy of Docile by K.M. Sparrow, which the tagline is, there is no consent under capitalism. It's kinky. It's gay. It's pretty cool. I'm really still enjoying it. Um, hmm. I am still reading a lot of Captive Prince fanfic, specifically porn. Um, I yeah. am not too proud to admit what I've been reading. Macy. And yes, I did also descend slowly and with sort of an air of suspicion into the gay <laughs> sea drama hell. Uh, most- They're very swishy and like, fe- like fey. So swishy. They're very swishy. They have great hair. They have, they have, but I was- they have battle musical instruments. They, they do. do. And I have seen this They're before. like weaponized bar. I have seen this before in Kung Fu Hustle and it was cool then too. Um <laughs> And, uh, I mean, like, I was sort of suspicious because I apparently have no ability to resist peer pressure anymore. Yeah. And, like, Macy and Freya were getting into it. And so I was like, fine. I guess I might as well just embrace my fate. I will be watching this eventually anyway. Um, yeah. And I'm, like, three or four episodes into it. It's pretty cool. I'm having fun with it. Um, 
I mean, and like we serpents are at this point kind of basically one reader in three bodies. <laughs> it's a little bit true. Yeah. With different yeah. opinions, though. A with different bit. opinions. Yeah. So what else is yeah. going on with this episode, Freya? Well, the next question, now that we have finished with what we are reading slash sea drama <laughs> raving about, is what are we drinking? Because given that this is the 50th episode extravaganza, uh, we will be getting a little bit tipsy <laughs> while we answer these questions. Yes. Well, <laughs> so what are we drinking today, fellow Macy is on It doesn't grand. work if you... If you just hold it up to the camera, it doesn't work. That's bad radio, Macy. <laughs> I am the best at radio, Alex. How dare you? Um, I can use my sexy radio voice, even if you want. Uh, sure. Tell us Tell us in your sexy radio voice about what you're drinking. Well, you are drinking. Alexandra, um, tonight I am drinking a Huckleberry Vodka Tonic, which is my signature drink because it's exceedingly pink. See, now you just sound like someone who's about to call the bartender over and complain. Yes, excuse yeah. me. May I speak to your manager? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> may I speak to... No, I can't do it. You can't. You um, can't. Move on. No, I can't yeah, Sorry, it. this is an insufficiently pink drink. <laughs> In my defense, Alex's drink is actually more English than mine. So... It is. It is. I'm living my autumnal New England lifestyle. I... Uh, went to a tiny local family-owned orchard and I bought a couple bottles of freshly pressed apple cider, which is the best thing that I have ever drunk in my life. And and your fellow probably... serpents, your Commonwealth serpents, are going to start some shit about the definition of cider, which is a juice. Yeah, it's, it's juice, juice guys. It's America, just it's juice. just fucking juice. It's good juice. Okay, but it's, it's non-alcoholic apple cider to it's the rest juice. of the world. It's to literally... Americans, it's just regular cider. Okay, it's juice. No, the thing is that the rest of the world we don't have non-alcoholic non apple, apple cider. cider. It's called juice. It's just juice. I've explained to you before. Your default for juice involves so much high fructose corn syrup. The you... difference. Okay. The difference between apple cider and apple juice is that, for one thing, apple juice is clarified, and apple cider is often kind of cloudy. But not always. Um, but not, well, usually, though. <laughs> and apple cider is generally higher quality. Uh, apple juice often ha is diluted. It has water in it, and apple cider is, like, just pure apples. Anyway, if you so would come to my house, Macy, and drink <laughs> some of this apple cider, you would see immediately that there is a difference. Um, I have mixed it with alcohol. I have adulterated the best thing that I've ever drunk with <laughs> alcohols. I've put some Pimm's Cup into it, which I discovered uh, when we were in Ireland earlier this year. And then I decided that it wasn't alcoholic enough, so I also put <laughs> some gin into it. <laughs> and just in case anything goes wrong with this drink, I also have a backup drink, oh which is an unopened bottle of Moscato. <laughs> uh, so for the record, what you are describing is cloudy apple juice. And in Australia, if you add shit to your juice, you have to call it apple drink. Okay. Legally. It's an apple you drink. You can't call it juice. It's real good. But so what you're describing, no, no, what you're describing is juice. Anything that had water added to it and juice. tried to be sold would be called apple yeah. drink. Okay. Like, anyway. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. We embrace our we differences. We embrace our American cousins um, out of sympathy for their plight. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I am drinking an Aperol Spritz because it is fucking summer here. Well, it's not quite summer, but it is very hot. And this is my favorite. Present? Sorry? Are you on fire at present? Well, half the country was on fire this yeah. week. Me personally, my territory personally, not on fire. Rest of the country, yes, on fire. Mm. But this is one of my favorite summer day drinking options, given that it is just afternoon for me. So I cannot actually drink evening drinks 
Okay. <laughs> Here is the clink. As previously established, Freya is our dignified serpent with standards. Clinking. This is the clinking of the ice in my Please beautiful... fucking stop. Your audio editor is going to murder you. <laughs> it's okay. fine. My drink is bright orange. It clinks. It's lovely. You were already going to murder us for our cider snarkery. That's true. Now, before we get on to we the questions, do we have some news? Yes, we do. Um, so, friend of the podcast, Kefi Curley, is currently running a fundraiser for Glittership, which is a magazine of queer, short fantasy and science fiction stories. And it has audio, which we like because we are podcasting nerds. Mm. And my story with them is coming out in March next year-ish. So... If queer short fiction sounds up your alley, please go give that a look. We'll link it in the notes. Yep. Yep. Also, it is awards nomination season. Hooray! Again! Again! Uh, Somehow, already again. It seemed like just yesterday that we were haranguing people about how we were eligible for Best Fan Cast. And uh, this is the first uh, sort of hint on the horizon that we will be haranguing again that we are uh, eligible for Best Fan Cast. So. Now you know that thing. We are now eligible for best fan cast. Thank you. It's nearly 15 minutes in. Shall we have an episode? I guess we could. Yes, if we must. All right. <laughs> question. First question. Number one. Dear Serpents, I am a daring space smuggler and I regularly run cargo for a mysterious ethereal lavender alien named <laughs> Jekanya. We flirt a lot, even though my crew teases me about it, but I always assumed he was too good for a low-life drifter like me. Well, now I'm docked in port, and Jakanya says he's going through some kind of mating cycle or space puberty or something, and that if he doesn't form a telepathic soul bond, he'll die. He says he's always loved me, and there's no one he'd rather soul bond with than me. Thing is, I don't think I'm ready to dive into a commitment like that, now or ever. I keep my brain to myself, thanks. He's really pretty, and if he were just asking me on a date, I'd say hell yes. But I don't want to lose a chance at love with him. But this life or death, eternal telepathic soul bond thing is a bit much. What do I do? Yours truly, ambivalent alien lover. So, first of all, like, this alien dude does not have his shit together. He really doesn't. No, I mean, like, you knew this, or at least presumably he knew that this, like, space puberty thing was going to happen eventually. And you'd think that he would line up someone for that, especially if it's a life and death circumstance. Do we think that he's being a reliable narrator? Like, is it really? That's what I'm asking. Because here's the thing. It's, like, a fairly classic, like, abuse thing to threaten to die if someone leaves you. It is. It is. But let's not... I mean, I'm feeling pretty optimistic and slightly tipsy today, so let's not immediately jump to, like, this person is a bad person, right? Like, we all... Life happens. Life gets in the way, you know? Like, sometimes you keep planning to do something and suddenly your space puberty is just upon you before you even realize it. Um, Sometimes you're busy, like, saving the galaxy or some shit or smuggling cargo or whatever they said that they were doing. I think that if you're not ready to jump into a commitment with this person, like, you should listen to your instincts, uh, dear, dear person who wrote into us. I don't know. You should, like, like, you get to take up space, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, as the Ravenclaw secondary on this podcast, I'm going to suggest you do a bit of research into this. One assumes that his species has been dealing with this for a long time and that there are things they can do. They should be prepping for it. Are there some hormonal shots he can take to block it for a while while you maybe go on a few dates and find out if you would like to be 
telepathically soul bonded. And if you don't, Mm -hmm. because you want to keep your brain to yourself forever, that's fine. I think it's reasonable to want to keep your friend alive. Mm -hmm. But I would say do some research into how you can keep him alive without soul bonding to him. And then it sounds like you guys are probably just not really compatible. Like you want different things out of a long-term relationship. He wants a telepathic soul bond. You don't. It's an irreversible step that one of you doesn't want to take. I think you may have to just write this one off as a romance. On the other hand, like, I think there's still space for you to be there for your friend, right? So, like, maybe you can have a healthy conversation with your friend about this thing and then help set him up on some dates with some people who do want, um, if, like, if it is a life and death thing, like, you can help him find someone else who is going to be there for him in his moment of... And if it's somebody that you like as well, there could be like an atypical arrangement going on here. Hey! Find someone who can fulfill his telepathic soul bond needs and see if that person would be open to him dating you in a non-soul bond sense. Yes, yes. Because presumably this species has some form of matchmaking or uh, as other species we've known, some form of young betrothal to deal with this aspect of their biology. Yeah. Uh, This can't be the first time this has happened, that someone has gotten to this point in their life in their life cycle without a soul bonded mate yep um yep. is there a divorce possible can this be a temporary thing that he can find someone to tide him over with yeah um mm. yes i think Freya's is right i think that it really comes down to more information needed do your research yeah cultural research and if he's lying about the i'm i'm gonna die thing boot him off your ship yeah i'm also a little concerned about him saying he's always loved you And this is the first time it comes up. Yes. Tell us more about that, Macy. Well, I don't know. It seems oddly sudden and specific. Um, Or else it's somebody who has never had the guts to speak and has kind of known that this might happen and that has just been waiting for it to be the excuse. Yeah. And I don't necessarily love that um, because it doesn't really give you the opportunity, um, letter writer, to fully consent right because you have this Mm. um pressure that you didn't need to have if he'd brought this to you say two years ago yes like you need space to process your own feelings because this would be a really big life change for you if Mm -hmm. if you said yes it's a really big life change and you want to be able to make that decision in a like calm place where you can really think about what's best and what is going to make you happiest in the long run and also what is going to like support your friend and and be there for them like it's a lot it's a lot of different factors and a lot of things to consider and i do definitely like sympathize with you letter letter writer because it does sound like you're in a very (coughs) sticky situation oh (laughs) or you could be if you chose to or you could well you're gonna be in a sticky situation one way or another anyway (laughs) on which note let's move on shall we sure Next letter writer. Um, I have been unilaterally nominated to read this one. Uh, I wonder why. Mm. To the serpents, greetings and thanks for your kind attention. We recently became engaged to a highborn lady with whom we had never previously spoken. She is somewhat older and much more experienced with courtly life. By her initiative, we have now struck up a cordial acquaintance in the form of dancing lessons, which is already more time than I have ever spent with any lady in my life. The marriage is to be in the spring, and, frankly speaking, we are utterly lost with regards to the intimacies of the marital bed. 
Our daily company is composed entirely of advisors and servants who are employed by us directly, and even would it not be the deepest impropriety to broach the subject with them, they are nearly uniformly bachelors like ourselves, with the exception of one celibate cleric. Our correspondence is routinely intercepted and read, both by corrupt messengers and by our own staff. You would not believe the absurd arrangements it has taken to deliver this single anonymous note. Serpents, we most desperately desire to avoid embarrassing ourselves on our marriage night. But how can we acquire any instruction in this matter with a constant audience, both in public and in private? Yours, called in Setho. This is a wonderful question. And again, it's another sticky situation, or it could be if you play your cards right. Um, I I am going to do to suggest something, dear writer, who which is going to be abjectly terrifying to you, and that is to suggest that maybe you should try just being vulnerable to your future spouse. Maybe you could bring it up now before the wedding even happens to like mention to them just in a casual sort of way, like, hey, I don't have very much experience in this, but I want to do right by you and I want to, um, I, I appreciate you and I value you and I, I want you to be be happy in this marriage and, you know, just generally do a communication to them about like what they find good. I'm like <laughs> shying away from words like pleasurable or satisfying or things like that. I don't know why. Um, and in a non-sexual, fully clothed situation where they can have some time to like process it and think about it and yeah, just do a communication. The yeah. best person, the best person to give you advice in this situation is the person who you're actually going to be fucking. Yeah. Mm. So I will take a totally different tack. Okay, please do. Because, um... All of that sounds terrifying. Yes, well, it is. It requires a lot of like courage and vulnerability. It's but you know what isn't terrifying? What isn't terrifying? Libraries, finding a dirty book. Yes, that's true. That that's was going to be bad. my secondary su suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Like Colden Setho, you speak like someone of relatively high status. Mm -hmm. um, you are surrounded by bachelors and a cleric. Now, maybe. Ruling out the cleric for now, depending, of course, on how the religion in your world works. But since you mentioned specifically a celibate cleric, I'm going to assume that this person is not the one to ask. Mm. But I suspect one or several of your bachelors might have some knowledge of written and or illustrated materials of a somewhat explicit nature. I'm going to suggest that maybe the one who's celibate is going to have even more knowledge, possibly, of where to find that material. <laughs> I think it depends on the social attitudes I would and say decision as to why he chose to join a celibate order. I so would say that if you happen to have, I don't know, a secretary who possibly used to be a member <laughs> of, I don't know, maybe a... A uh, courier corps of some sort, which may have led him to have many adventures and travel around talking to lots and of people. And carry pillow messages, probably. Uh, and carry pillow messages. He might, if that person may, were to exist and to be within uh, your access, he might be the person to ask for pornography. Also because, like, your other ones probably talk to each other, but a secretary, like, has to be real good at keeping secrets from even the other staff members, right? I mean, the alternative also is 
you probably have a library. You probably do have a library, and there's always like filthy shit in libraries. And you right? cannot shock a librarian. Like that's true. Just, it's just you can't do I mean, it. You can if you're wearing enough wool and walking over carpet a lot, but like, mm. just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So find some porn. Yeah, but if I would. I, I would add Sorry. the caveat that if you want, read the porn. Please be aware that most pornography does not bear an enormous amount of resemblance, depending on the pornography, to what True. would actually go down between two individuals with individual differing tastes mm-hmm. who maybe don't know each other very well. So use yeah. it for inspiration, but I would go back to the communication thing. Yeah, communication I mean- is very important, but also note that it may be worth exploring and learning your own body and reactions in a private situation Mm. before venturing into a paired situation with someone who may or may not have any experience themselves. It's very difficult to communicate what you like if you haven't figured that out. And that that is is the case for both of you. Yeah. 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 Macy just gave you exactly the sex talk that my mom gave me. (laughs) (laughs) That was the extent of the sex talk. She was like, "Mm, work out what you like before you let anybody else near it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. That was not Thanks, the one that I got. I got not the- given a book and told to ask questions if I had any. <laughs> I think my mom was sort of like, do you have any questions? I'm like, no, no, we already did the condoms thing in like health class at school. She's like, good, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, I mostly just read, I was given a book and my mom gave me sort of like a very awkward thing about like the biology uh so you may have noticed that your body is changing that one you know that one (laughs) when i got my first boyfriend she very tentatively brought up the like so safe sex and i was like i got it mom thanks so to bring it back to cold and setho that is something that it's worth mentioning if you have not had this conversation if you don't have a guardian that you trust or a peer that you trust to have this conversation with Please do some research around um, the biology of your species, Mm -hmm. um, the fertility of yourself and your wife, and make sure that you are making decisions about the future of your family um, with all of the information to hand. Physicians are also very difficult to shock. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to just go in for a health check and bring this Mm -hmm. up, I guarantee you, your physician will be very happy that you mentioned it rather than didn't mention it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And also, physicians are also used to keeping secrets and probably aren't going to be going and, like, blabbing your personal life all over everywhere. That's true. Otherwise, you can probably just have them killed. Anyway, let's move on to the next letter. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solving with Alex. Cold and Setho, the worst end to your first sexual encounter will be a corpse. So just don't do that and you're fine. Yeah. Pop yeah. And- and if it ends up being like awkward and and weird, just like try to go at it with a sense of humor, right? And like if you and your partner are able to sort of like giggle your way through it and say, isn't this funny? Isn't this weird? We don't really know what we're doing. Then that's also good for building a relationship with them. It's something that you're doing together rather than like an adversarial kind of thing. So just Absolutely. like approach it as in we're both on the same side and we're both like coming into this in good faith. Anyway, all right, (laughs) next letter. Hey, serpents, I suspect that this hot enemy is actually my reincarnated lover and and already has a plus one. Do my previous life dibs trump current squeezes dibs? 
Also, can you recommend me some sexy witticisms to spout during sword fights slash foreplay, preferably with less syllables? Darling letter writer. It's unsigned, by the way. chat. (laughs) Because, darling letter writer, you don't have dibs on a person. You don't have dibs on a person. That's very true. Yes. There's also a certain amount of ambiguity in the word suspect. If you do not actually know yet whether this hot enemy is actually your reincarnated lover, when it comes to witticisms during... I I do appreciate that you have described sword fights slash foreplay as though they are the same thing, which they probably are. Then I would be leaning hard into references or pet names or like things that went on between the two of you in Mm. in this previous life so that you can maybe find out for sure because otherwise you are being very awkward with somebody else's person. Yeah, that's true. Um, references to things like um, water buffalo and uh, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so he, this is a person, letter writer, right? You aren't building a relationship with your lover. Reincarnated or not, this is a different person with different life experiences mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a different current set of circumstances. Do you want to be in a relationship with them? Like, yes, good is question. this hot enemy hot enough that the reincarnated lover bit is irrelevant? Yeah, and also, like, how enemy is enemy? Thinking about yeah. our last episode, mm-hmm. are there some very good reasons why you can't actually be with this person or don't want to be with this person and you're just falling back on old habits? Yes. Also, um, for the second time in this episode, I'm going to suggest that if all goes well, okay, let's assume that this person actually is your reincarnated lover. Then what do you do about it? They already have someone. If you flirt with them and it seems to be reciprocated, the answer could also be threesomes. Yeah. Yep. I, I feel For like the second of, time in this episode. A lot of these letters may actually be solved with threesomes, but we <laughs> yeah. are simple serpents well, with a simple, simple set of solutions to many questions. <laughs> I mean, also, though, to be fair, um, a V relationship is fine, too, as long mm-hmm. as it's consenting with all individuals. Like, there is no requirement, darling letter writer, that you force yourself to have the hots for their plus one. Yes, that's yes. true. And if you are really, really torn for sexy witticisms while sword fighting it's not very difficult you can basically make any kind of statement about swords or points or lengths or blades mm-hmm, mm-hmm. raise your eyebrows a little bit it's probably yeah, yeah. gonna sound dirty you're it's okay all in the eyebrows um and also in the significant pauses significant pauses yes i would yes. also suggest practicing your sexy smirk in the mirror that mm. also seems to be really useful and yes. do you have long hair can you flick it? Yeah. Can you flick your like, hair? That's hmm. very important. Is yes. the hair flicking? Yes. You might also but- want to watch the princess bride and take notes during the sword fighting scene, mm. which is technically not a sexy flirting scene, but it's also a very sexy sword fighting scene. So, you know, you could get some inspiration there. Yeah. I will also say that off the cuff uh, remarks are generally more interesting um and or infuriating depending on your goal here i don't know this sounds like somebody who has real trouble with esprit d'escalier ah that's fair i mean in that case you can lean quite heavily on body language and gentle invasion of bodily space 
depending on how the enemy is responding, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and in a sword fight, like, you have good expu- excuses to sort of invade their personal space, right? And so if you do it with the right kind of facial expression, then suddenly mm. it becomes like, is this person, like, sword fighting with me? Or are we flirting? What's what's going on? Or is it yeah, have you considered, significant pause, um, sword fighting? Yeah. Indeed. You see. Have you considered taking up um, short sword or dual daggers, those mm. can be very good for um, decreasing distance. That's true. That's very true. Also, like, I think Freya mentioned this earlier, but I also want to sort of hammer this point home. A. <laughs> A. That was not intentional. <laughs> you see, dear letter writer, this is exactly what we're talking about, is sort of like taking advantage of like the pun of the moment, yep. um, is in making little in-jokes and references to your previous life, if you remember significant bits of it, and see if it shakes them up a little bit or if it gives them that moment of wait that seems familiar for some reason yes and also while you are thinking about how you're interacting with your possible reincarnated lover if you do think this could end up with a poly situation or a v situation Mm. i would also recommend maybe getting to know their current plus one find out what it is about them that this person likes find out if you like them as well you know maybe make sure that everybody is on the same page and on a nice civil footing so that things don't turn terribly, terribly wrong. Here's what you well, do. Here's what you do. I have a solution. <laughs> you but in- do you have a precipitate? Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you invite... Love- Macy has made like two science jokes out of nowhere this episode. <laughs> Here's what you do. I have a guys, guys. I have a great solution. What you're going to do is you're going to invite the plus one out for lunch, but then you're going to leave behind a um, sinister note that makes your reincarnated lover think that you have kidnapped their plus one, and then they will come. Idea. Letter writer, ignore Alex. I have a better idea. I have a better idea, Um, darling letter writer. If you think that the reincarnated lover might have something for you but you're not quite sure a really good way to validate that is to um take their lover hostage in a battle situation mm. and flirt with their lover yes yes oh yes, my yes, god yes, you yes, two yes, are yes, terrible yes. at this yes 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 i agree with Preferably everything with a sword held to their throat um yes. or your hand around their throat is actually marginally better yes if they aren't particularly martially inclined and that's sufficient to keep them under control because then you can get some stroking in and mm. that's always good yes 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 okay you two fuckers are banned from this question <laughs> we are moving on to the next one <laughs> ah, okay next question <laughs> the next one isn't better it's, no it's not better <laughs> it's actually worse all right <laughs> dear red-headed snakes Say that one's partner is part or whole dragon and might conceivably have a dick. Would they more likely have none, one, or two peni? Also, where exactly would these be? Both below the navel or one secret dick hiding at the end of the tail? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yep, sure. Uh, Or somewhere else, I think is the implication. Uh, Last but not least, what... I think that was meant to be a how. How does one tactfully inquire to their partner about this and about their preferences about what to do with said genitalia? Thank you for your time and consideration. A very puzzled captain. (sighs) This is a great question. This, darling letter writer, darling, darling, you are going to really enjoy our next episode. Uh, Really, very much. Yes, really, quite, quite a bit. Honestly, we're back to communication again here. I would agree. 
Um, but we may also be back to library books, depending yes. on your situation. Are you out on campaign with said dragon? Um, or are you in a situation with medical texts, say? Um, or other captains who may have experience in this field, if you're feeling too bashful to ask your partner directly. Yes. And look, I applaud your commitment to communicating. You want to tactfully ask them about this. But I feel like if you're at the point where you're considering asking third parties about the mm. possible location of someone's penis, you probably haven't quite reached the point in your relationship with that person where you're going to be allowed to touch the thing. Yeah. 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 That is fair. I think it really all comes down to communication, right? Like, especially for interspecies kinds of situations, um, you want to, like, you're just going to have to get over it. Like, you're just going to have to get over being shy and say, like, hey, I need to know how sex with you is going to work. Like, how does this kind of mechanics work? Give me the sex talk as if you're my mom and I'm 13. <laughs> Well, I mean, I will, I will um, say something a little bit different then to what we've been saying so far, which is this. Why do you need to know before it is relevant? Like, do yeah. you need to have this information as a conversation? Does it affect your attraction to them? Because it might do, right? Like it is valid um, to a degree, right? To have preferences around genitalia. Yeah, I feel like it's similar to the other question about wanting to be prepared for one's yeah, like, first right. sexual encounter. If Counter you, you want to know what kind of gear you're working with, that's fair. It's a fucking dragon. Like, sure. it's natural to be a little bit intimidated. Yes, that's also fair. But what I more mean is, this sounds like a conversation where you aren't sure whether it is presumptuous to mm. have. Mm. Right? Um... And I would argue that if you start getting into a situation where dicks or lack thereof appear imminent, that is definitely a point to call a brief pause and say, hang on, can we talk this out? Yeah. But yeah. if you're not certain that the penis is incoming, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you may not be at the point of having that conversation quite Look, yet. It has yeah. occurred to me that the point of this letter might be for fantasy. Mm, By which I mean, mm, you might be fair. having some feelings about this dragon friend of yours and you want to just think about them while you jerk off and you want to do it in an anatomically correct way, which, okay, look, fair. But, but yeah, in that, that case, point, maybe some library books and or yeah. just go with whatever most floats your boat. Yeah. Yes. I want to also know more about this, what one's partner is part or whole dragon. Like, I want to know what part dragon might mean in this circumstance. Are they a shapeshifter? Are they like half dragon? What does that look like? There's just too many factors here. And I think, again, we're coming back to more information required. Yeah. Yes. And also, I, I do want to also respect the, the dragon's feelings here, yes. your partner's feelings, because it can be intimidating to have a partner suddenly ask you what you have in your pants. That's true. That's true. That's very true. And or at the end of your tale, why did and you suggest that? Tale, what has happened like in your interactions with this dragon that has made you think of that as a possibility? I think it's Anne McCaffrey's fault. Oh, is mm. it? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm just thinking of it maybe like as an erogenous zone, like maybe the end of their tail is like a really sensitive area, which is fair, but it's different to be being a dick. I'm just deeply amused by the maybe there's a secret alone. dick. Maybe there's a secret dick somewhere. No, like cats. <laughs> okay. Cats, <laughs> sure. Like, that's how many creatures work. And presumably you have 
associated with said dragon yeah. and failed to locate their peni despite searching. Are there opportunities for you to like surreptitiously watch like dragons uh, in the wild? Like not your dragon and not any dragons you know. I don't but know. maybe this like is kind of implying sentient dragons, in which case that's mm, that's that weird. You're right. No, yeah, you're essentially voy- voyeuristic. What about what about are there any non-sentient creatures that are sort of biologically evolutionarily close to dragons in their bodily configuration that could give you a hint about what to expect or once again is there dragon porn is there dragon porn when in doubt but honestly i think that freya's initial answer is probably the right one which is if you aren't quite at the point where you're comfortable having this conversation you might not be really ready to be touching the dragon in this manner And if it's more for curiosity, then maybe books and educating yourself is a good first step. And also, again, like we said earlier, not assuming that your educational materials are necessarily accurate or relevant to the Mm. individual dragon in person, because everyone is different. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining this person having tracked down a store of dragon porn, which which has the same relationship to actual dragon sex that hentai with tentacles does to human sex and they've gotten quite confused about the appearance of like sudden dicks in weird places perhaps there's a dragon physician that you could ask (laughs) yes yeah yeah is there a dragon physician that you could go to other people in similar relationships who you feel comfortable asking for advice yeah 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 anyway letter number something next letter four five we're on it anyway letter number 12 thing sure sure dear serpents serpents, i stopped the apocalypse and now these two gentlemen who sort of helped keep checking on me to make sure i haven't changed my mind what do i do make friends with them ask them to leave me alone forever it's worse because i'm only 12 so it seems a bit weird thanks not the antichrist anymore so it's a little bit weird because we've got like two very weird power dynamic situations going on here. One, you stopped the apocalypse and you apparently once were the Antichrist. That's a lot <laughs> yeah. of power on your side. And possibly can unstop the apocalypse. Po- possibly can unstop the apocalypse. So like there's a lot of power on your side of the scales there. On the other hand, you're 12 and you're dealing with these two gentlemen, which by a- by gentlemen, I assume you mean adults. So that's like a lot of like weird power differential on their side of the scales. So we've clearly got like a messy situation to navigate here, right? So my advice here is going to be what I would give to anybody who is dealing with a, I guess, inconveniently intrusive parental figure, Mm. which is if they're going to keep checking up on you and it sounds like nothing you can do is really going to be able to stop them from doing it unless you are exerting your query antichrist power in a maybe unethical way what i would do is put some boundaries around this Mm. agree Mm. with them that you will check in with them once a month or once every two months like set up Mm -hmm. a tea date or something where they can come and visit you or you can visit them or however it works and you can send them a letter you can send them a letter and or they can call you or text you whatever it is that works for you guys and they're allowed to check in with you about whether you're planning on ending the world and as soon as you say, nope, all still good, still not ending the world, then they leave you alone until yeah. next mm-hmm. month. And as long as you completely refuse to reply to any other messages during that time, and as long as you faithfully do reply every month, you'll probably be able to train them into leaving you the hell alone. That's my suggestion. That's a very solid suggestion. 
Yes, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, and also, like, it was very hard for me when I was your age, letter writer, to know that I was allowed to take up space. Like, we're coming back to this, like, you're allowed to take up space kind of thing. Like, you should think long and hard about what situation you would be comfortable with. I assume that you're writing to us because there is something about this which you are uncomfortable with. Like, you're saying it seems a bit weird, by which you mean it's really fucking weird, right? Like, you're you're understating it, but it's just weird that they're doing this. So if there is an adult figure who you trust to be there for that conversation with them, I think that that would be also a really good thing. Someone to have your back, someone to be in your corner, someone who is going to, you know, be there for you and make you feel safe. Yeah. And I will also note that I don't see a lot in this letter about what you want. Yeah. What do you want, letter writer? Hmm. And if you're saying, you know, make friends with them, if you're thinking, would it be too weird to make friends with them if that's something that you think you might actually like to do, that's fine. Like, use your monthly check-ins to see, are these the kind of people that I want to have a more casual kind of friendship with? But again, I would have your, like, trusted adult on side for the start of that. Mm. Yes. And I'll note that there's a lot in our current culture about... It's unhealthy for children to talk to adults who aren't their family. And that's kind of pretty damaging, right? I, I would agree. A lot of value to having good relationships, appropriate relationships that are not secret mm-hmm. with other adults who can act as mentors for you, who can show you different ways of being an adult to your parents, because it's good to have an idea of the range of possibilities. Yes. But those around you might be slightly concerned about this relationship and want to help keep tabs on it, just because, letter writer, you are young, and you have the right to make decisions about who is in your life and who isn't, but you don't always have the experience to see if things might be genuinely concerning. So it's valid for your parents, for example, to just want to know what's going on with this relationship. Yeah. Or another, like, trusted adult sort of guardian figure if you don't have a close, good relationship with your parents. Yes. No, but if you want to maintain a good relationship with your parents, I will say that keeping this secret is probably a recipe for disaster. I would agree. Because if they then find out that two gentlemen are meeting with you in secret, they are probably not going to have the best reaction. It's weird. Any adult who wants to be your secret is probably not a good adult to keep around. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. Yeah, that's yeah. concerning at your age. Yeah, And yes. in fact, at any age. Yes, even like if you're an adult and someone wants to keep you secret for some reason. I have been in that situation and it's not fun. Like I was a fully grown adult and someone wanted to keep me a secret and that was not healthy. It was not fulfilling. It didn't make me feel good as a person. And yeah, so none of that ever yes because you deserve to be able to be open about what is happening in your life yes so to recap set good boundaries have a another trusted adult either a friend or parent or guardian of some sort to be on your side and uh you get to take up space yeah anything else we the serpents would probably quite like it if you kept the apocalypse stopped yes please just say you know yeah Please don't, do the, please don't do the apocalypse. Good job no. for you for not doing the apocalypse yes, at age 12. Because I know that when I was 12, I definitely would have done the fucking apocalypse. You know? That's fair. Whom amongst us, right? <laughs> so, like, that was a very, like, grown-up and mature decision for you to do, dear, list, dear write, letter writer. So, well done. <laughs> All right. Uh. Dear Agony Aunts, 
Do you know how to convince my Machiavellian overthinker of a boyfriend to accept that I'm also in love with my very Slytherin sorceress wife? I'm open to a polyamorous relationship, but it looks like I'm the only one. Slytherins, am I right? <clears throat> Signed, Geralt of Rivia, Witcher. Just to clarify, Geralt, um, you are already in a polyamorous relationship. Mm. Does your wife know that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you do refer to him as boyfriend. Yeah. And wife. So, like, you're in the middle of it. So yes. it sounds like you maybe need to do some communication with your two partners. You might be the bad person here. I mean, this letter could be coming from a place of has attempted some communication. Both Slytherins have reacted very badly, is now a bit stuck. Well, <laughs> darling Geralt, the time to do a communication is before commencing whichever of these relationships. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You uh, Gryffindor this fucked is that way one too, up bad. This is like way too personally close <laughs> to many of my experiences that I've had in okay. my life. Okay, all right. So taking yes. this on face value, what you are going to yeah. have to do is be a little bit Slytherin in your approach to this. Mm. You are going to, if you are currently in love with two Slytherins and you want to make them open to, accepting of, and hopefully happy with the idea that you are dating both of them, you are going to have to ideally make them believe that they can get some benefit from this. Mm. Even more ideally, make them believe it's their idea. Mm. You might have to be a bit tricksy in this one. Do you have a third-party Slytherin friend who is mm. unconnected to this whole situation, who can help you maybe strategize a bit with this. And is not your daughter. And is not your daughter. Yes. None just of that. <laughs> just to clarify. Just to get that, get that, like... Just to get that out here. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you need to be speaking their language, perhaps. But I would suggest also, <sighs> darling letter writer... You need to figure out where they are coming from. Why do they object to a polyamorous relationship? Um, what is their concern? Are they concerned that you are going to leave them for the other person? Are they concerned that they will have less time with you? Because trust me, the polyamory calendar appointment book is a real it's thing. It's a real thing. Are they concerned that others will find out and this will be socially damaging to them do they have status concerns what's happening in their heads because that might be irreconcilable with the fact of you having two partners and then you're just gonna have to make a difficult decision about mm -hmm. what sort of life you want for yourself and what sort of life you want your two partners to have it may be like if you want to have a polyamorous relationship it very well could be that neither of these two people are the right people for you to be with maybe mm -hmm. you have to break up with both of them so that you can go find two other people to actually have the really the kind of relationship that you want and that would be hard and painful but like that's a real thing that happens sometimes right yep. like so you should consider your wants in this situation and whether these two people, as much as you love them, and I do believe that you love them both sincerely, like, are they going to give you the thing that is going to make you happy? Yeah. And if they're both being a little bit irrationally possessive, then maybe break up with them for a short period so that they realize what they're missing and then come back and be like, right, let's negotiate terms. 
Would you rather have that, if you were the one time? who has been setting up this situation without telling them in the first place? That's probably going to backfire. Yeah, that yeah. that would be if you have attempted to have a rational conversation about the fact that you can love two people and you want to be with them both and you are happy to share your time between them. And it doesn't mean that you love either of them any less. There's probably like a lot of insecurity just floating mm-hmm. around this whole situation like a big fucking cloud. So if you cannot talk this through rationally and get them to agree then yes either this is not the situation for you or they need an object lesson yes (laughs) alternatively another suggestion that you could do is to and this is going to require like a third party slytherin friend for you to pull this off um because i don't really trust you to be able to do this by yourself um is to engineer You sound like a bit of a gryffindor you do sound like a bit of a gryffindor um you're gonna have to engineer some situation where your two slytherin partners are forced to work together in some way and thereby kind of learn to like value and respect each other as people and for like each other's skills and at that point they like if they get to know each other a little bit better it very well could happen that they see oh this person this other person isn't the boogeyman that i thought that they were they're not like the big scary (laughs) homewrecker who's going to like steal my witcher from me Okay, be aware a possible risk of this is that your Machiavellian boyfriend stabs your wife to death. Like, That's yeah. true. That is on the table as a possibility yeah. if you go yeah. down that path. I will also note um, your Machiavellian overthinker is probably doing some of this on purpose. Um, do not attempt to take his actions at face value. Um there's probably another layer or two of plot underneath whatever it is he's saying with his mouth parts. Um, it might be worth trying to figure out what those are. Uh, a very useful thing for this can be, you know, either pinning down or quote unquote pinning down mm. um, and not letting him leave until he tells you what he's really feeling and not letting him kind of distract you either. Yeah. Which can be fun for all involved, frankly. Um, but... You're not going to Gryffindor him. No. And look, it may just be that he really, really, really needs to hear how much he means to you. And this has all been a way of sort of testing that link and sort of making sure that you make an outright declaration. He might be wanting you to make some kind of public declaration to him, given it sounds like all of this might be happening a little bit sort of under the table. Maybe that's what he's getting getting at in terms of what he wants out of this. He might be insecure because you're not married to him yes that's very true there is an inequality uh, in this letter right you have a wife and you have a boyfriend those aren't the same yes and also just moving forward letter writer remember that a three-person relationship is exponentially more Mm -hmm. complicated than a two-person relationship If you are serious about moving forward with this polyamory thing, you're going to have to remember that you are looking after the feelings of not one person, but two people. And you're going to have to put in a whole lot of work into communicating with them and making sure that they feel secure and loved actively at every moment in time. Because as soon as they start feeling that they are not being loved, they're going to assume that, oh, the other person is the person who is getting all the love. So you're going to have to do romance deliberately and through their their personal love language, make sure that they feel actively valued. Yes, Geralt, your chosen career of Witcher, I understand, makes you extremely buff. 
it's now time to get buff in the emotional labor way. <laughs> Use some different muscles and maybe everything will turn out okay. Buff in the emotional buff labor in way. The emotional way. <laughs> I feel Darling like listeners, we need to I have think that we on might a, be at time. I think we need to have that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Is that our per- is that our first piece of merchandise? Oh. Buff in the emotional way. Oh. <laughs> Go drink some more wine. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Be the Serpent, a podcast of extremely, extremely deep literary merit. I cannot fucking believe we've made it all the way from our very first instance of screeching about robot boners to our half-century episode. We've enjoyed every step of the way, and even if Macy and I have to hide it behind our Commonwealth facetiousness, when we call you our darling listeners, we really do mean it. And hey, real talk, please let us know if you would be interested in a shirt that says buff in the emotional way, because that seems like some very on-brand merch for us. For the next episode, two weeks hence on January 1st, we're ringing in 2020 with some frank discussion of wings, claws, scales, antlers, and treasure hoards, and what you should do if you find yourself in the presence of, or even a relationship with, a dragon. We're not technically calling it the dragon fucking episode, but it is the dragon fucking episode. So, if you have a friend who might be into that kind of thing, no judgement, we're all friends here, maybe give them a heads up. One of our tent poles will be In the Vanisher's Palace by Aliette de Bedard, so you can check that out if you'd like to read ahead. Questions, comments, breathless adulations, you can get in touch with us at serpentcast at gmail.com, and we're at serpentcast on Twitter or Tumblr. Or join the conversation in the fan Discord chat, which is linked in the About the Show page of the podcast website. If you do enjoy the podcast and would like to support us further, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash serpentcast, or consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes so we can keep finding new people to scandalise, entertain, and generally inject some serpenty goodness into their lives. And by the way, have you been working out? You're looking very buff in all the good ways. <laughs>